The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind, short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh yeah! That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot damn. We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee! Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A. This is Universe B, Colin, and we're going to tear you a new one. You mind? Hey, everybody. It's me, Napoleon Doom, and I'm here with Jimmy Purcell. And Jimmy is the creator of Been Better Comics, which is a webcomic that he has been doing since high school. And uh, he also is the uh, host and the showrunner for Question Crunch Podcast. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, didn't get to see you at uh, any of the conventions. Uh, well, I guess I saw you in March, but I uh, didn't really get to see you at Comic-Con or anything like that. But uh, you were doing yeah. Comic-Con at home, though. Mar- March, March was the uh, Comic Fest, right? The first and last con of the year? Yes, yes. <laughs> the <laughs> the only con of the year this year so i only i, I laugh but it's it's very sad <laughs> it is it is kind of heartbreaking because it's uh i i mean um i i guess i can't speak for you but i know that there's a lot of people who are in comics and they that's the only time you get to really talk to a group that's safe to just unleash your geekiness around and people aren't going to be like oh wow i'm gonna go over here now <laughs> And uh, it's it's kind of this welcoming community, and and now it's not available to people right now. But uh, a lot of things aren't available, so I can't can't harp too much on that. But uh, so okay, so Ben Better Comics, you started this and you published it in your uh, high school newspaper. Oh, that's crazy! How did you how did you present that? Did you just pitch it and say like, "Have I got a deal for you?" Or what did you do? <laughs> Um, I think it was just because uh, um, uh, when I was working on a school newspaper, which was mm-hmm. the Aqualine, yeah, because it was Etiwana High School, uh, and I was working on the Aqualine, and I was doing editorial cartoons for them, and I was just wondering if I would be able to do any kind of comic strip, because in junior high, I started realizing that, uh, well, I started drawing, doing like really, uh, the usual editorial cartoon where it's just one page kind of gag, where everything is in that one image that you need to know, the dialogue, the imagery, whatever. You try to have a setup and a punchline in one image, mm-hmm. but then I started realizing that, uh, and I've been reading, I've been reading newspaper comic strips for years before then. But I did start playing. I started playing with the idea that if you add more panels, you can set up the punchline even more, get add more suspense. And I was like, hey, can I do this? Here's a, an example of my comic strip. Uh, can we do this? And I was the only cartoonist working at a time, I believe, and they're like, yeah, sure, go for it. It's so it was cool. just presenting the idea, but <laughs> there was a bit of a setup. Yeah. 
Very nice. Uh, so, so that's pretty exciting. Um, did you get a good response with people in your high school? Um, I, th I think I got a good response in high school. People still remember the comic strip, but I feel like, because uh, when I did it in high school, then I went on to uh, Chafee College, mm -hmm. and I started putting the comic strip in that newspaper as well. But one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite um, instructions I got from the teacher, from the professor, uh, was that I had to branch out to make the punchlines more wide. A wider audience needs to get the punchline. Yeah. And I feel like I, I don't. I don't like going back to my high school comics because I cringe because I look at it and I'm like, I don't even know what you're trying to say, sir. I'm, <laughs> I, I, you were me, but I, I, I have grown apart and I don't know what kind of commercial you're making fun of. Right, right. So <laughs> you just have to uh, make it more all encompassing. Um, and, and I think that happens a lot with uh, when you start out young, you're making these inside jokes and things that are maybe funny. To your group of friends, but everybody else is like, oh, "Oh, okay. What? What? What's the deal with the can of Pringles?" And you're just like, "Oh my God, so hilarious!" But it's it's not to anyone else. You've seen the scary movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, have you gone back to see them recently? Yes, actually, it's so weird that you say that uh, because uh, Scratch, who uh, is in the background there, um, he was watching it. And I was coming by and there's a scene where like uh, one of the Wayans brothers is having sex with like a puppet dog or something like that. And I'm just going like, that is disturbing. Why? <laughs> no, that's, hmm. But then I remember like I used to think Tom Green was like, oh my God, so hilarious. And like uh, the, the, what is that movie called? <laughs> Freddie Got Fingered. I was just like, oh, yeah. you couldn't quote from it enough. And all that stuff back then was super hilarious, but now not as much. Well, the reason why I brought it up was yeah. that scary movie, too. Uh, mm -hmm. They had two scenes that I always laugh at because they're very, they're, 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 they're gags yeah. that if you weren't around, if you weren't, okay, so. In Scary Movie 2, they are they have this one scene where they're dribbling the basketball and they're dancing, and mm -hmm. that was a I think it was a Nike's commercial. Oh but yeah, it was yeah. a it was a very famous commercial at the time. But as I'm looking at it right now, I was like, who's gonna look at that and know what you're talking about? It's true, yeah. <laughs> and, or when they're having the wheelchair fight and a, the the tire blows up and it's a Firestone tire, and I'm like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that, so, that happens sometimes, yeah. Oh, a lot of time. Whenever you try to do any kind of like uh, relevant pop culture, if it's not if it's not timeless, it's mm -hmm. it's going to expire and it's going to look weird when you watch it later. Yeah, I forget who I was watching it with, but we're watching Airplane, and I was trying to explain what a Hare Krishna is and why they're at the airport. And <laughs> I was like, I was like two when they were really operating like with intensity, but they were like unstoppable at that point in time, and they were everywhere. But but now you just don't see them. It's kind of the bottom's fallen out on that, and but yeah, it's a weird thing to have to explain. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's a cult. It's, yeah, <laughs> but I, I I think of that whenever I look at my old comic strips where mm -hmm. I read it, and I'm like, I don't I don't know what commercial you're making fun of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and while I I feel like I've gotten better at making comic strips that more mm -hmm. people can understand. I still say, you know, never mind. I'm going to make a comic about uh, some really obscure comic book character. I don't care. I got to do mm -hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Though I've noticed that uh, yours tends to be more situational kind of comedy, uh, like observation on silly things that people say and do. Um, and a lot of times specifically within like sort of the uh, geek or pop culture kind of community. So, and, and so that's, uh, I think that that's kind of, maybe it's a little bit niche, but I think most people can relate to it. Uh, most people know somebody like that, or, or they've heard somebody, uh, or, or you did one recently about a woman who would not put the mask over her nose. And it was, uh, I think you said nyctophobic, but is your nose afraid of the dark kind of thing? And I was just... Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest, when I made that comic, I didn't know what the term was for being afraid <laughs> of the dark. And a lot of times I'll do that where I'm like, I want a big word for this. Let's go yeah. to Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was great. And uh, because everybody knows somebody like that. She's like, why are you even wearing a mask if you're going to do that? But uh, it's just about the weird little idiosyncrasies that you notice. And I think it's really appreciable for uh, most people when, when they look to it. So it's, it's really broadened. It's really become a, a heartier piece. And I really enjoy it. Um, do you ever struggle for concepts? Um, I think the, the hardest part about struggling for concepts is I'll have an idea, but mm -hmm. it has to be fine tuned enough to be able to relay the, to relay the idea completely so that people can understand what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Like I'll have, uh, right now I'm, ha I'm kind of struggling with a comic that I'm going to come out with on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I got the idea. I know what I want to, uh, what I want to show, but I have to have it well written so that, uh, there's a nice segue to the punchline. I don't, I don't want the punchline just to come out completely nowhere. I want it to have some kind of substance so it flows better. And I'll do that while I'll, I'll read it out loud enough times so that I can at least hear the syllables to mm -hmm. hear the rhythm in the conversation. Even though I don't think most people are going to pay attention to that whatsoever, I want to know that there's some kind of rhythm to it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I know with me, like, uh, even if nobody else notices it, I, I will notice things that I put in there and, and they will just make me furious. Even four years later, I'll be like, ah, her eyes aren't looking in the right direction. <laughs> so, just... uh, I've, I've told so many artists whenever they're coming up, I'm like, uh, you will notice all the bad stuff. But when you notice the bad stuff, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Because most most of the time, no one's going to know that it's there. It's only they'll only know it if you point it out, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then they'll tell everybody because they'll feel special and they'll think it's like something they're privy to, and then everybody knows about this mistake, and you're just like, yep, yep, should have kept that one under wraps. But uh... I think one of the most frustrating, uh, one of the most frustrating things about doing the comic strip is that I will have a comic and I'm like, oh man, this is so great. Uh, th there's a lot of cool alliteration. There's some rhyme scheme. Um, even there's metaphors in the background that if you look, you'll be able to notice that this is going to be fantastic <laughs> and no one will give it any kind of attention. Oh. And then the next day, there'll just be a comic strip about, I don't know, pooping and people are like, ha ha, good. That's a, that's a great A comic strip. <laughs> I'm like, God, what? <laughs> I did so much work on the other one. Yeah. This one was just me complaining about pooping and you get it because everyone poops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's just that puerile stuff that just hits home for people. And yeah, it's, it's frustrating when that happens. I, I know that that that'll be my experience as well. But uh, in fact, you have a comic about pooping that is no longer on the internet. That's part of your like secret archive. 
So. Uh oh 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 for the for the book the poop to be proud of yes yes yeah that no that's 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 the book that you can you can get it on Amazon you can get it on Amazon <laughs> everyone if you if pooping is your thing <laughs> well it's not even, it's not even about pooping no. uh, <laughs> I like uh I like the titles to be completely random <laughs> and I remember when uh well okay so when I first came out with a cover called Poop to be Proud of, uh, my other guys with the A3 Publishing, they, they looked at it and they're like, you sure you want it to be that title? I was like, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and they're like, all right, whatever. And, I'm, and it got really popular. And I feel bad that I have to apologize to everyone that I'm like, yeah, it's not about poop. I'm sorry. I lied. Um, but I know the second book is called uh, Your Eyebrows Smell Fantastic. Yes. And that book has nothing about eyebrows or smelling. Uh, <laughs> it just, I like the idea of really random titles. Um, my Halloween book, Vendetta, the back, <laughs> the back even kind of makes fun of the comic book. Where it has this whole like intro describing the comics, but in a very tongue-in-cheek kind of sarcastic way. Like, uh, it'll say... Uh, Follow the adventures of Jimmy as he goes to uh, exotic locations like a fast food diner, and and it'll be just silly nonsense like that. And I don't think it's a good selling point, yeah. but it makes me laugh, so I'll do it. There you go. <laughs> well, very nice. Now, um, growing up, uh, and you, like you said, that you uh, really peruse the uh, comics section in the newspaper. Um, did you have a favorite, did you have an artist that really spoke to you, really inspired you, somebody that, uh, you would credit for sort of moving you forward in this direction? I don't know if I would say that about comic strips, but I would say that about cartoons. Hmm. Um, and it's strange because a lot of times I'll forget what inspired me. And then when I get back to it, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, I get that. Because like uh, I saw, I think it was last year. No, it was last, It was some year. I was watching uh, all the Halloween episodes of TV, different TV shows, and I noticed that Doug is on Hulu. And I saw, so I watched Doug, and I saw that um, they put a shade, a, a shadow on the neck just below the chin, and I'm like, oh, that's where I got that idea. <laughs> okay, all right, it's from Doug. Yeah. And I'll see that in a lot of like uh, '90s cartoons. Uh, mm -hmm. If I look at um, the Batman the animated series, I'll yeah. see a lot of inspiration there. I'll see it from uh, Daria, um, Hey Arnold, uh, Doug, any any kind of like '90s cartoons. And even if I watch Pepper Ann, I'll see little like glimpses of things there that I took. Like if I look at a hand, the way a hand is drawn, and be like, Oh, yep, there it is. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a huge collection, and I feel like. I feel like comic strips did not necessarily inspire my style as much as just inspire, um, I guess, in like certain panels, I'll see, I'll see uh, Charles Schultz's inspiration. Or uh, with Garfield, you'll have Garfield sitting on the table and just like John halfway. But I'll always remember, like, I, I know a lot of cartoons had a really solid background, but I'll usually, usually use gradient, but I'll use like a specific color where I'll be like, I know where that's from. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's always interesting to hear about people's influences and what got them, uh, kind of moving in a certain direction. Uh, now, your uh, style of comic is is very stylistic. It's uh, like uh, the the white eyes for the glasses and stuff like that, and uh, the uh, big triangle noses. And uh, I really enjoy it. I really like the uh, characterization. 
did that sort of just develop organically or uh, did you go through different processes figuring out what worked for you? A little bit of both. Yeah. Because uh, I'll see earlier comic strips, uh, the mouth will be drawn and the bottom of it will be overlapping the edge of the face. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was younger, I thought that was interesting. But as I get older, I'm like, you know what's even more interesting? If you actually move the jaw, stretch it out so it's so it's actually connected to the mouth. That's even more interesting. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm kind of mocking my younger self by saying that where I'm like, you know, you could you could do it a little better. And, uh, um, but I, I knew I always wanted the, the, uh, the just plain white eyes because I always, uh, I always think it's funny whenever someone would say when I was younger, people would think that, uh, if I'm hanging out with a friend who also has glasses, mm -hmm. they'll think we're related because <laughs> glasses clearly is what they are focusing on. Wow. Or, you've got a big family. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Or they'll see the glasses and they're like, oh, well, I think that guy's smarter. And I'm like, nope, just bad eyesight. It's, yeah. it's, this has nothing to do with intelligence. I'm sorry. <laughs> and Aww. I feel like that's what I did with the comic strip where I just want people to focus on like no one sees the eyes behind the glasses. They just yeah. see the glasses. Very cool. Yeah, I, I like it. I always I, I think it really uh, distinguishes you. Like uh, you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's Jimmy. Jimmy drew that. So it's it's very cool. So um are there uh, events that you draw inspiration from uh, like uh, on a regular basis, like something that you always know that you can tap into for a storyline? Um, let me see. Well, because right now mm -hmm. with, the with the pandemic going on, I've been doing my best to capture specific things about specific details about it. Yeah. Just so that people can look back and remember certain elements of it. Um, I did a comic strip where I was at a grocery store and the, all the shelves were naked except for like one box of pasta. Mm. Um, a recent comic I did, I, I put the shield up, the plastic shield, in front of the, the, uh, the grocery store clerk uh, at the register. Um, and I've been doing that. I've been trying to focus on capturing different aspects of this period of time yeah. so that so that people can look back at it and know it. And I'm not trying to draw attention to it. I just want it to be very casual that people can look at because right now we're, we are we are experiencing history. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And we're going to be looking at books and we're going to look at cartoons and see what people drew about it. Yeah. And so that's what I'm currently focusing on. And I don't want it to be I'm, – I'm doing my best to not not make it boring, not make, mm -hmm. it, uh, not make it keep on going and too overbearing – I'm trying to show it as much as I can, yeah. but still dial back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's important to uh, sort of create a time capsule for what's going on now. Um, if you take something like the 30s, where you had like a lot of really strange events going on, you, you had just come out of Spanish flu, you have the Great Depression, but all the media is escapist and it's trying to move away from that. And so you're, you're seeing like all these things about these fantastically wealthy people and these beautiful ornate homes and that kind of thing. And you don't really see much about that era. And uh, I, I know that we, we know somebody who uh, used to go to estates and they would uh, talk about like, God, old people are so weird. They hide money in their mattress. They hide money in like the railings of their curtain rods and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, 
they lived through the Great Depression. They they didn't trust banks. They still don't trust banks. How how do you earn that trust back after something like that? You you really can't. But because uh, people know about it, they they know it existed. They know it happened. But there's not really anything that like encapsulates that for them. There there's not really any reference point or touchstone that they can look to culturally. And so I th I think it's really important. I I mean of course like kids of the future are going to be like. Oh my God, grandma's like always with the hand sanitizer. It's horrible. She just like sanitizes me before I come in. And, and it's going to be like, you don't know. You don't know what was happening. I, I was actually thinking about doing a comic about that, like a whole week of older me. Because uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to tell like, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to have grandkids, but I'll have, I'll, I'll be a grunkle. I'll be a great, yep. great uncle, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, I just see myself uh, telling them, yeah, don't get rid of your old shirts because you can cut them up and make masks. That's right. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's how I've been wearing masks. I've been cutting up my T-shirts because oh, uh, um, I need something to cover my face and I want it to be something that I know is going to be soft and breathable and yeah. I can wash it. So that's T-shirts or <laughs> T-shirts are my go-to. Yes. Even though I found uh, there's one Instagram called uh, Toontown Fight Club. Hmm. And they have one bandana that looks like Pete's mouth with a cigar. And that's I really cute. want that bandana. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. I like that. <laughs> are, are you, uh, was Disney at all an influence for you? Uh, always. Yeah. Um, I don't know what aspect of Disney uh, is necessarily an inspiration. Mm -hmm. um, I do take, uh, I do, I do find out when I draw the characters, when I draw Disney characters, yeah. I find them really easy to draw, and I don't know if it's just because I've drawn them over over in my life, or am I just always exposed to Disney that it just comes out perfect? Not perfect. I don't want to brag that much, but when I draw like a Scrooge McDuck and it comes out really good, I'm just like, why? Why? Yeah. Why did it come out so well? Um, so I I know that the inspiration is there, and uh, in May, May, yeah, in May. I did a Disneyland art challenge where I drew all the characters in the Disney style, and I think I did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty fantastic. Um, I remember uh, all the locations at Disneyland. Uh, I haven't been there since two thousand and seven, uh, so it's it's changed quite a bit since I've been there. So it was kind of fun to watch it vicariously through you. But that goodness, that and you had a piece up like every day. Yeah, that was. That was and a... I'm, I'm, I'm currently coloring them, <laughs> and I got this idea. I got this idea where once they're all colored, I'm going to put them on my Instagram story yeah. and attach music to it, oh, cool. so people can go through it. Like people can see the whole tour of Disneyland, and I feel like the music will tap in, and especially certain locations where the black and white drawing, just the line drawing, uh, the line drawing looks great. The line, can you see me? Because they kind of like the low I power. I can see you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You look good. Um, I feel like the uh, the line drawings were cool, but I feel mm -hmm. like once you see the colors that are attached to the locations, it's going to bring a whole new level to it, and I really I think it'll be really cool to see. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And that one, that, that project was really weird <laughs> because I did the Barbershop Quartet, the, yeah. the Dapper Dan's of Disneyland. Yeah. And I actually wanted real Dapper Dan's in the drawing. So I went on Instagram, I looked up the hashtag, and then the hashtag led me to one Dapper Dan, and I asked him, hey, you and your friends, can I put them in my drawing? And he's like, well, we actually have a band, 
where uh, it's a barbershop quartet, and three of us are current Dapper Dans, and one of us is a past Dapper Dan. And he's like, can uh, can you put all four of us, even though we're not working together really? And I was just like, yeah, it's it's a drawing. I can yeah, <laughs> I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. And so it's uh, the the Dapper Dan of Disneyland. They all the all the characters in that drawing are real people, and they are a real barbershop quartet. Very cool. <laughs> and I do all that work. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if a lot of people clicked on the link to see the band that I actually drew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very cool. And uh, people can also see you uh, inking live as well. So I've, I've tuned into a couple of those. They're, they're usually pretty late in the evening, but, uh, so, but those are... I'm a, I'm a night owl, so... <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's usually when I get my work done is because it's, uh, it's quiet. I, I live in an apartment, so if I if I want to work in an environment where there's not somebody shrieking, then that that's kind of when it happens. <laughs> I, so. I feel that way whenever I'm doing recording a podcast episode, and I'll mm. I'll hear kids playing outside. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We yeah. should have been recording this at night when everyone's asleep. Yep, a couple times uh, we record we the apartment that I'm in right now in the underworld. Uh, has this huge 70s window, which I, I think at the time was considered like, ooh, this is very en vogue. You get all this natural light, except it opens up onto a fence, like a, a great big, yeah. <laughs> so you really don't get any light, but you get a lot of people who you can hear constantly. So there, there's some podcasts where we've, we've had to just move operations into the bathroom or something like that, uh, which is difficult when there's two people inhabiting one space. you just like, you know what? Let me finish this, and then you can you can go to the gas station across the street. That's fine. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really difficult, but it's uh, you you make it work. So, right. now question crunch. Um, now, how did that start out? Did you just want to uh, get to know people? Just have you always been the kind of person who's just very chatty and curious? Um, it's mostly because I feel like uh, when I go on social media, mm -hmm. I stumble upon and people introduce me to really cool characters that I want more people to know about. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like uh, certain people, where you know, for example, one person is a photographer, and I want to ask her, "What is your strangest experience as a photographer?" Mm -hmm. Because while she might think it's mundane and not interesting whatsoever. People who are not photographers right. don't know anything about that. And so we would love to hear experiences that we don't know about. Very cool. And uh, I think uh, tomorrow I'm actually going to record two episodes. And one of them is a photographer in New York. Nice. The other one is a, uh, a princess cosplayer who you can pay to go to parties at, dressed up as uh, oh. specific princesses and uh i am looking very forward to asking her about her 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 i'm looking forward to hearing about what that's like <laughs> that's gonna be fun so it uh, you know i i could see where it could potentially be fun i could see where it could be potentially exhausting so <laughs> um she is also she's also been a scare actor at the dark harbor oh what well, oh yeah the, the uh what's, the what's Queen that book Mary. called queen mary thank yeah. you um, and I'm looking forward to asking her about that because I, I scrolled through her images on Instagram and I saw that she's been a clown and I'm looking forward to asking her about 
being a clown just because I'm terrified of clowns. And I want to ask her, <laughs> you know, did, did you have to sign a contract with uh, Grimaldi, the ghost of Grimaldi? Joseph, was it Joseph Grimaldi? I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the first clown. And yes. I always tell people, I'm like, you have to make a contract with that demon to be a clown. <laughs> Aw. So. But yeah, uh, we, we go to Dark Harbor every year. So I, I'm definitely going to tune in for that one, see if we, we recognize her. So. That will be, uh, I think she goes up on, uh, she, uh, her episode will be the 23rd bowl, the 23rd bowl of Question Crunch. Ah, very um, nice. So um, Right now, because, you know, she's a scare actor, I'm, I, well, as we're recording this, mm-hmm. it would have been Midsummer Scream. That's a convention that should be going on right, right now as we're recording this. And so my mind is completely on Halloween at the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I have planned for Question Crunch. I want to do because I feel very bad that a lot of kids aren't going to have Halloween. That mm-hmm. most people are going to like Halloween's pretty much canceled. Yeah. And I was planning on going to Oregon because Halloween Town was filmed in a small town oh, in yeah. Oregon, yeah. and I was going to go visit it, but uh, pandemic happened. Uh, so I have a Saturday. I'm planning on doing 13 hours of activities or 13 hours of something on the Question Crunch Facebook page and eventually on YouTube. Nice. So that would be very cool. So when, when you do Question Crunch, have you ever had any guests that really just gave you trouble or anything that you had to edit out that without putting anyone on blast get <laughs> share with us? Uh, the only thing that we've ever had is uh, a slur was mentioned, mm. and we we censored that, but we did not want. To, I, I uh, my producer, she's like, oh well, we can edit out, we can cut out the whole conversation, and I told her I don't want to do that because I feel like living in America, slurs and race racism are throughout our dialogue. Yeah. We can, it's so easy to accidentally say something really offensive. Just because the words are there and they've been used so many times that we forget what the meaning of the word is. Um, and I want to have that conversation that you, it's, it's understandable. That you, I mean, ignorance is easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, ignorance, uh, being ignorant is not the problem. Being willfully ignorant where someone tells you not to do that and you still say, no, nah, I'm still going to do it. That's the problem. Right, right. And I, I want people to see uh, the conversation of saying, here's why you shouldn't say that word. Okay, I'll stop using that word. Awesome. So I'll blurp, uh, I'll bleep it out of the podcast. But I still want the conversation there because I don't want the word. Uh, and it, no, it's a slur. It's still a bad slur. I don't want. To say that. No, don't don't say it. Don't say. It. <laughs> I'm not going to. But I, I I beeped it out, and that's the only issue that we've ever had um, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Everything else is fine, and even like when I'll hear a train in the background or a clock in the background. I'll even mention that the clock or the train is going on just because I really like the, uh, um, I like, I like things to be messy. I like art to be messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if there's a weird sound in the background, I want to keep it. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, I, I find that, uh, I kind of thrive on those moments where something ridiculous happens. Like somebody walks in and goes like, how are you all doing? And that kind of thing. And you're just like, and then you edit it in and you just like uh, put in sound effects and stuff like that and make it into a whole part of the storyline that, uh, but uh, yeah, we, we actually have uh, an episode where we were able to do that. I, w- I won't say which one because then it's more rewatchability. People trying to figure out where it is. <laughs> Fantastic. Now yeah. I'm even going to do deep dive. <laughs> 
But I, I, I like hearing that. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. I have to find something. Uh, where's Waldo? Let's do this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that's always what I, um, in my comic, I always like hiding things. Um, I, I guess because I, I did art history. I was almost an art history minor one of the times that I was in college. Um, I kept going back because I couldn't hold down a job. So I just uh, kind of like, you know, the vampire kids in Twilight, they keep going back to high school. And I kept going back to college. And uh, so I would just continuously, yeah. So now I have like massive student loans and a whole bunch of degrees that are, are kind of useless when you don't have the personality where you can hold a job down. But um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I one of the things in art history, medieval art, they would always hide things in it and stuff like that, or little things that ha you have to learn what the meaning of it is, like the open book means you're erudite and stuff like that. Uh, and I just thought that was so interesting. So I always hide little things in my comic. Uh, and so I'm, now I'm hiding things in my podcast. But um, are there any things that you do in your comic that people should be, be looking for, little idiosyncrasies, little things that are just pure Jimmy? I think that <laughs> anyone who loves art history hides stuff in the background. Yeah. Because your background with art history, I'm like, yeah, because well, I, I did I did not know that my issue might be art history, but hearing you talk about art history mm -hmm. and loving to put things in the background, I'm like, oh, is that where it comes from? <laughs> okay, I believe that because I'm a big fan of art history and I love. Yeah. Um, okay, so for example, um, one comic in particular that I'm thinking about, and I think this was back in, I think it was back in 2018. Mm -hmm. When one in particular I'm thinking about is 2018 where two of the characters are in a coffee shop and they are in the foreground. But in the background, there's, because uh, I, I like this gag where my buddy Bovey, he calls out a name because at, like at Starbucks where you know you ask a name and someone calls it out. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of him calling out really vague names and having a bunch of characters with the same name show up. That's awesome. <laughs> so, for example, for this one, I, uh, I think the, what was the name? I think it was Baby. Mm -hmm. And I had uh, the character from uh, Dirty Dancing yes. and the character from Baby Driver show up at the counter. And I didn't draw attention to it. And I don't even think I made it clear because Baby Driver, the character, that character yeah. is in generic clothing. Like you wouldn't know that that's a, that's a specific outfit for a specific reason. Um, the character from Dirty Dancing, Baby, I can't know her last name, but, you know, don't put Baby in the that character, I did put her in her pink dress. So uh -huh. I hope that some people were able to recognize it, but <laughs> I don't really care. I don't really care. Uh -huh. uh, I did this another time with uh, the, the name Ace. Ace. Where I did Ace from uh, Bat, the name of Batman's dog. The yeah. Bat, uh, Ace the uh, Bathound? Bathound. Yeah. Either way. Um, I did Ace Ventura, and I did the character Space Ace. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had them all come up to the counter. I didn't have any dialogue. I just wanted something there that if people can see it and know what they're looking for, then awesome. But if they don't, then that's for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, And then it kind of keeps you engaged with the art because that, that's a challenge I find when you're doing something long term. Like a comic is like at least six months to a year of work and that kind of thing. And then you're doing... Uh, your strip every single uh, week you get a page out or, or is it multiple days a week that you release pages? But, Depends. Yeah. Uh, M Mondays, Mondays are the only day that I definitely ha mm -hmm. have to put something out. Everything other, every other day is just like, if I want to, if yeah. I have a gag, I really want to do. Yeah. 
and it helps keep you keep you engaged when you find those little quirky things that you can do and you can have just kind of amuse yourself as the artist and keep your mind working because a lot of times it's it, it you have to be in love with the process but it's really hard to <laughs> maintain that relationship so I, to, I tell anyone who's ever interested in getting comics i'm like or art for that matter mm -hmm. i'm just like uh Imagine being at school for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. There's a, there's a lot of research that I do. Um, okay, for example, mm -hmm. um, have you been looking at my uh, my been better D and D thing that I've been doing? Yeah, I'm liking that. Uh, um, as a D and D high school D and D player, yeah. So one of my favorite ones was uh, the most recent comic strip I did, where I want to I want to make a beast uh, completely original. And I looked at, uh, I Googled fox snake. And I was just like, I saw the fox snake and I was like, oh, that's a real snake. I don't really want it to be a real monster. I want mm -hmm. it to be something, I want it to be a mythical beast. And so I went to Google and I typed in, uh, what was it? I think I typed in snake fox. Because I was like, all right, well, maybe the order will give me something that I have never seen before. And it introduced me to this mythical creature. I forget its name right now, but... It's interesting because at first I was going to make like, because it, it's me making fun of the Fox network, Fox mm -hmm. News. And I wanted where the character was going to take me to the water to drink from their uh, toxic stream. <laughs> um, and then I found out that this, this mythical creature, which is a fox, mm -hmm. that's a serpent. So it has a serpent's body, but like a fox head. And it's an aquatic monster where it makes like a whirlpool and can take you down to the water. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I forget what I forget what it's called. I think, but I think that the mythical beast comes from Chile. I think huh. that's where it's from. I think it's where it's from. Cool. I I can't remember the name of it, but uh, no, that's a real mythical beast. And it's uh, I like doing that where I'll Google something and it'll take me to this history or this element of legend and mythology I didn't know about, and I'll put it in my comic and just uh, hope I I hope someone's gonna <laughs> recognize and acknowledge mm -hmm. that character. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's very cool. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things for uh, anybody who's a writer or comic book writer out there is uh, y the cure for a block really is just research, research harder, <laughs> and then something will come to you. That that's the curse of having a creative mind is that if you read up and you you keep looking at things, eventually something will pop in there, and even if you don't want it to. So. <laughs> I've told people that you know when you're when you're going to sleep, all of a sudden you'll get hit by an idea, and mm -hmm. it's like, oh, hey, cool. Looks like I'm not, look, looks like I'm not going to sleep right now. I gotta write this down or get it out of my head, or I'll forget it and completely be lost. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So, if people want to check out your stuff online, if they want to keep up with Question Crunch and with Ben Better Comics, where is the best place for them to find you and check it all out? I feel like Instagram is the easiest place. Um, I don't post on Twitter often. Um, mm -hmm. I should I should be more active on Twitter. Uh, there's also Facebook, and you you can find me. You can find my stuff by just typing in my name, Jimmy Purcell, and search for me, and there'll be links all over the place for what I do. Um, I'm also very good at tagging myself in every post or using my hashtag of Jimmy Purcell. Um, you can find my comic at Ben Better Comic, and I, you can see. Here we go, Ben Better Comic. There you go. <laughs> um, you can find me on. Uh, if you search that, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think Snapchat. I haven't done Snapchat in a while. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I should do TikTok. Nah, it's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm all over the place. And I think if you Google Ben Better Comic, I'll be like the first one that shows up. So. All right. Excellent. So is there any overarching message that you want to leave our listeners with today? Always do art. Always do um, art. It's, it's a good way to... Right now we're living in a pandemic where there's a lot of issues going on and it can, it can feel hopeless. It can feel depressing. There's mm -hmm. a lot of really just horrible feelings that you can feel right now. Um, make art. And I'm not saying that's going to fix your feelings, but it's definitely going to be a good way to express it. And don't worry about the level that don't worry about your skill level. Yeah. Um, art can even just be drawing lines. Like you'll see some art, a lot of abstract art is just capturing emotion with colors and you can do that. Yeah. Don't worry about looking that good. I mean, if you look at peanuts comic strip, that's a really simple character. I, I love Charles Schultz, but Charlie Brown is just a circle ahead with a smile on his face. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the hands of Charlie Brown, it's it's silly. It's simple. Mm -hmm. But it's just make art. Just make art. Always make art. I want to, the only things the only things I want to focus on and the only goals I have in life is entertain people and inspire art. So that's what I want to tell people. Just always make art. Very cool. So, all right. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Take care. And Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me on here, and I hope that my rambling made sense. <laughs> well, I, I love rambling. I, I love people who ramble. The worst guests are the ones who are just like, yep. And you're just like, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so ramble on. All right. Take care, Jimmy. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. You too. Stay safe out there. All right. Bye. Special thanks to Jimmy Purcell for being on the Mind today. You can go ahead and check out Jimmy's stuff at binbettercomic.com. The link is going to be in the description below. You can also go to usedmedia.org, and there's an archive of his podcast, Question Crunch. And on Question Crunch, you meet the most fantastic people, and Jimmy is fantastic, so support him on patreon.com slash Purcell. Get a load of his art on Instagram at binbettercomic, on Facebook at binbettercomic, and guess what? On Twitter, he's also at BenBetterComic. He says he's not on Twitter that much, so maybe you can harass him. I don't know. Check out that YouTube channel, Jimmy Purcell's Stuff. Yes, indeed. And thank you so much to our legendary announcer, Savage C. Walnar. I'm thinking of having an art contest where you guys send in pictures of what you think Savage looks like, but uh, I don't know. Let me know in the comments if that's something you want to get down on. So... Yeah. But we couldn't start the show without him, and we couldn't do the show without Ethan Mixell, because he composed our theme, The Demilitarized Zone, and we love it. It's the most beautiful theme in the world, almost as beautiful as becoming a Patreon. Patreon.com slash LucidNap if you're interested in doing that, or there's small one-time donations at buymeacoffee.com slash LucidNap. Of course, links will be in the description below, so you can enjoy those, or go to my website, lostbreadcomic.com and you can buy my comics you can buy my art you can do all sorts of crazy things or commission a piece of your own it's how i get paid is when you make me do art yeah so do that because money and also follow us if you don't have any money to support the show just follow us we need your attention and you can give a little of that attention to creeping wave radio it's our scripted audio drama it's kind of like a play for your ears uh like an old-time radio show you're gonna love it 
we got local musicians, we got local talent, we got, actually, we got people coming in from all over now, so it's, it's going to be pretty cool. It's, uh, quarantine has sort of opened things up for that, uh, but you guys, the new season is coming in October, and it is going to be primo. I don't use the word primo. It feels weird, but it seemed relevant, so I'm doing it. And, uh, yeah. So you guys should definitely check it out. New season is coming in October, so you want to get caught up on the storyline now because it's gonna blow you away. I promise. Seriously. It's, it's amazing. So there's good things coming. Good things are in store, so be sure to check out Creeping Wave Radio. And a big old bowl of thanks to you for watching or listening, whatever you are doing today, because, like I said, we need your attention. That's why we do this. We... If it doesn't fall on your ears or eyes or anything, then yeah, it's kind of not useful. <laughs> and the super duper biggest thanks of all to The Gramerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and the lovable Neil for being Patreons of the show. Thank you guys so much for your support. It's amazing. We could not do this without you. And there you are. So hey, thank you so much. The You Mind is brought to you by LucidNet Productions in cooperation with a scary old man. I'm not that scary. Don't I don't so. try to be, but I just am. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Mystery, suspense, action, adventure. What are you in the mood for? We have that. A Glint of Mischief is a weekly podcast where we read the first chapter of an indie published book. So sit back and let us help you find your next favorite book. Stop by glintofmischief.com to see what all we have done, or check us out on iTunes or Google Play to just dive in and enjoy. Until next time, see you around. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.